Pedestal listeners, today's episode is being brought to you by Stars on Crave. This week's movie, Jerry Maguire, and in fact, every movie we do from now on, is available to stream right now on Stars, home to some of the biggest hit movies. Go to crave.ca to sign up and try it out for a week. And now, on to the show. You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much, presented by Much Studios. Welcome to The Pedestal. I am Mike Veerman. I'm here with Shane Cunningham, the pop culture aficionado from our other podcast, The Mike and Much Podcast. And, of course, we are joined, as always, by our co-host and Mensa member and award-winning writer, director, producer, Jonathan Popolis. Now, Johnny, Shane, it's a big day. We have another guest. we got a fourth person here on the pod, and this isn't his first time. A return guest. This is our first return guest on The Pedestal. Ladies and gentlemen, we're introducing you for the second time to Mr. Matt Unsworth. What's up, guys? Yeah. So good to have you. Glad to be here. So it felt be like an first. applause break kind of thing. Yeah, well, you can add it in and post. <laughs> we'll have like a studio audience. Sure. Um, There's so a studio audience here. People at home, they don't know that we're doing this live in front of a <laughs> yeah. thousand. They'll be fooled. About a thousand people. <laughs> I yeah. thought you were going to be uh, more tanned, Unzi. Really? I'm kidding. Every, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> you're, the most, you're the most tanned really? man in the world right every, now. <laughs> every single person I see, the first thing they say is, whoa, you're really tanned. First thing yeah. I said. That, and it's freaking me out. <laughs> I'm like, am I just full of skin cancer? Is that right the now? average complexion in LA right now? No, it's because my truck that I have does have a roof. Mm-hmm. So wherever I go, I just get roasted by the sun. Yeah, you're pretty tanned. And you don't, yeah. now you're in Canada getting roasted by your friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely aged 10 years in the last like one just from getting so much sun. You look good though. Yeah. Thanks. So for our listeners, uh, Matt is joining us from uh, Los Angeles. This is like your yearly trip. You, last time you were here, we did Ghost together. Yeah, you, oh, it was a blast. You came back. You're actually flying out tomorrow and we squeeze this in because we're like we need to utilize uh, you while you're here yeah i'm glad to be here still yeah so matt is a uh, a writer director producer award-winning all that just like john but are you are you you're not much a more successful member. are you a mensa member uh no no sir Ooh, no, i'm not sorry, have you man. ever tested to see if you're mensa members is it an online quiz have you guys uh, you tried to look no, into we this? could be no mensa I, I, I don't need the validation <laughs> i'm cool with who i, I am. desperately need the validation how much uh, how much does it cost to apply to be a mensa uh, member? i think it's a hundred bucks to take you the paid a hundred to see if you're smart no there's a whole thing that they I don't to get into they it. always mention it with Sharon Stone. They're like, yeah. she's a I know they member. do. So you're in good company. Our yeah. friend Dan Hamilton's a Mensa member, I found out. Really? Yeah, yeah he, keeps, he keeps a little more low-key than Pop stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you're the ones that bring it up. I'm not the you're one. You're the one gleaming ear to ear every time we do, though. Yeah, you're the one that just said you'd explain it to us, but we're too dumb to understand. <laughs> no, it's just too boring. Oh, that do was Do you want to hear my whole it. story? I don't think you do. We don't have the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I won't understand it, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> so today on The Pedestal, we are doing a classic film from 1996 called Jerry Maguire. Starring Tom Cruise, written and directed by Cameron Crowe, who was on a bit of a hot streak uh, at was one he? point. Well, oh, you know, yeah. he, he did this and Almost Famous back to back. Oh, I know, but uh, oh, I thought you meant at the time he was on. Well, a hot even streak. before he did like say anything. Before he did Fast Time and Ridgemont. He, did, he didn't direct Fast Time. No, wrote them. He was he a hot fast. shot screenwriter. But okay. he, but did he direct singles? Yes. And say anything. I think so. But yeah. he had singles, which was a big 90s movie that people liked. Never seen it. Yeah, it's like it's the, the inspiration. It's not aged well. I can it's the inspiration for this movie. Isn't uh, Chris Cornell in it? Yeah. yeah he's okay. the worst actor in the world. <laughs> hey, let's not speak ill. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie came out in 1996. For some context, like we like to do, we uh, tell you the top five movies that came out in that year. So you can get a, get a feel of like, oh, that was what was happening in that year. Or if you're younger, you can be like, oh, I've heard of that movie. Maybe. So. 
First of all, Jerry's not in the top five. We've definitely done this one before, I'm sure. 96? Because uh, Independence Day is number one, right? Oh, good memory. Okay, Men in Black's in there. No. Shit. <laughs> okay. So, but so, I know ID4. Is there that's a dinosaur number one movie that in there? So Independence Day is number one yeah. of the top five movies of 1996. We've done this movie there are no uh, dinosaur movies in here. Uh, cartoon? There is a cartoon. Be. Number five is a cartoon. Uh, in 96. Seems like a Toy Story would come it's out. not like a title that you'd be like, that's a classic cartoon. Uh, uh, is it like a, a weird like a Pocahontas? Yeah, uh, in Hercules. that level. In that, that BC Hercule, level. Tar no, not Tarzan. Uh, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Nailed it. Yeah. That's Whoa. number five. That's what I was thinking. Number four, <laughs> The Rock. Oh, oh yeah. Number the Rock. three, another Tom Cruise film. <laughs> another Tom Impossible. Cruise. Yeah, man. Number Brian two, Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt. There you go. Twister. So those are the top five. Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Rock, Mission Impossible, Twister, and coming up number one, Independence Day. Jerry Maguire, ninth. Uh, who wants to guess the budget on Jerry Maguire? Now, Tom Cruise is a very big star. There was a lot of locations, a lot of sports stuff. Uh, I was thinking about that, actually, when I was watching the movie about it. Yeah, he's top of his game. I mean, the biggest part of that budget is probably just his paycheck, right? <laughs> yeah. 30, $40 million. Johnny's at 40. Fuck, I was going to say 40. I'll say 46 million. Shaney's at 46. You said how much did you say? I said 40. I'll say 30. You're going under like Price is Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. One dollar. One dollar. No, Shane, you came in. It was $50 million budget. Damn. Every time, dude. You should Always. be a movie producer. Yeah. God damn. Uh, anyone want to guess what it made? Now, remember, ninth, gross, uh, ninth highest grossing film in 96. One, 105. Shane? Okay. 160. 160. That's probably more right. I'm going to go middle. I'll go 140. Jerry Maguire in 1996 made $273.6 million. Holy crap. I'm an idiot. I only went that because you went so low. On a budget of $50 million. I'm horrible at this game. Never idiot. use me as your barometer. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> um, okay, so, so that gives you an idea of what was going on in 1996 in the world of movies. Uh, what we like to do on this show, as we always say, just to give you a, an idea of what we do, is uh, we like to talk about what our feelings were about this movie the first time that we saw it. So we were all probably uh, teenagers or preteens when we saw it, maybe we saw it in the theater, maybe we didn't, how we felt about it at that time, and then we will move on to uh, our feelings about it after we watched it most recently, probably within the last couple days. I know I watched it last night, so yeah, it's fresh in my mind. Uh, who wants to start with how they felt about this movie when it came out in 1996? Unzi, you're the guest. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I think I remember seeing, as I would do a lot as a kid, I, I saw it in uh, on VHS at like way after it had come, maybe a year after it came out, maybe the new release of the VHS. And watch with my like I think my brother, my mom, and when you like hear the show me the money and all that stuff for like a year, like you finally got to put it in context. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is what they're talking. They're about. like, oh, that's okay. what it means. It's like damn good apples, or uh, how do you like them apples? Yeah. Oh. damn good apples. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original line, and then yeah. Matt Damon punched it up. Yeah. Uh, but I remember being blown away. I was just like, that's I loved it so much. I was so into it, and I've seen it numerous times since then for sure. Okay. Yeah, I remember that year. I have a distinct memory of that year being like an Oscar year. This is when I was starting to like pay attention to the Oscars, or as one of those, no one had seen any of the movies except for this movie. That was like a big one for that year. That's the only year the English Patient won everything. And it was like the only one nominated that had like Tom Cruise, and it was a big fun movie. So I did the same thing. I watched it after it came out on VHS. I really liked it too. That's the year that Fargo. Also, is so now, now Fargo is my favorite from that time period. But uh, yeah, same thing. I watched it on VHS. I remember liking it. I don't remember like loving it. I remember being into all the lines and being very charmed by the whole movie. But I don't remember loving it so much. 
I remember seeing the trailer more than anything. I was seeing like Indian in the cupboard or something. And then <laughs> you were a movie years like old. That. Yeah. And then uh, at this period of time too, I found every time I'd be in a movie theater, the trailer would always get me more excited than the movie I was going to see. Yeah. What and I'd be like, I wish I was this. seeing that movie. That, that still happens good. to me sometimes. Oh, yeah. I hate when that happens. Yeah. I love when I'm like, no, this is the most excited I could ever be for any movie. Is the trailer yelling, show me the mo-? Is that the trailer? No. Do you remember the, tra- the trailer? The trailer was awesome. It, it had the scene when um, Cuba like spins the ball after he uh, comes back from uh, being knocked out by the tackle. And it was just, oh, it was like a perfect trailer. Yeah, that is a bit of a spoiler. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> no, not you. I mean the trailer. <laughs> no, but it, it didn't show sure, that he sure, was knocked out, yeah. that that was a great moment. But I was so pumped for the movie to come out i was like counting down the the months and the days leading up and the month that was coming out and then when i saw it in theaters it lived up to the hype of the trailer which maybe it's happened like five times my entire life where i've been excited for a movie and it's lived up to it so i was yeah i was super blown away by this i felt the same way is this like you when those movies are so massive and you you expect it to be not lived up but it totally lived up mm-hmm yeah, I, I loved, loved, loved this movie. Like, this was, like, a huge movie, like, in and around that time when I was, like, a young teenager, sort of, like, being into movies and watching movies. And I'm not, like, I'm not necessarily a Tom Cruise guy. Like, I didn't care about Top Gun or, like, Days of Thunder. I wasn't, like, Tom Cruise is the man or anything like that. But I saw this movie. I loved him in this movie. I think I saw him in the theater, but I, I don't have a distinct memory. So I don't know if I was, like, a VHS guy. Like, you, I can see the cover of the This was a VHS huge VHS movie. I can picture the cover of the VHS tape more than anything but if shane went i must have gone to the theater to see this film because we used to go to movies like on the tuesdays for the cheap tuesdays we go on fridays for sure like we went to a lot of movies like sometimes three times a week so it's like i must have saw this is a very big movie but yeah i remember like loving this movie this movie being quotable i remember falling in love with renee zellweger as like a young teenager i remember being like this is what love is and it's like got everything and you're kind of into this the whole sports angle and it just kind of like came together perfectly uh, for me at that time so it was like it was a movie i absolutely loved but then yeah weirdly kind of hadn't watched it probably in about 10 15 years maybe back when my brother and i lived and used to come all the time at like veer mansion and like when you were young 2000s. you were seeing two to three movies a week in theaters yeah so Holy my shit so we were like the minute we turned like 15 16 and uh, my buddy lee had a car uh we would go a lot more, but because Silver City was within walking distance for us, mm-hmm. we would absolutely go to the cheap movie on Tuesday, and then we'd go Friday, and sometimes we'd go Saturday. So you saw wow. Twister, and you saw All that Independence shit. Day. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That summer must yeah. have been. We'd take a bus to the Upper James Cinema if we had to, if something was out that wasn't at Silver City. Sorry, I was still, I was picturing your parents taking you two or nope. three times a week, because you were a little bit older, absolutely. and I think like 14, 15 was when I started doing that too. Yeah, But yeah. 13, it was like my parents were still taking me. Yeah, like the last one my dad t- took me to was Ace Ventura, I think. Which was a fun time. Yeah. yeah I worked out with my dad, too. Yeah. Uh, so, what do we think of it now, guys? Uh, I guess we're going to start making the case for keeping it on the pedestal. What do we like? What's the best scene? What's the best performance? Uh, I Like a, you know, I said, I think we all just watched this within the last 24, 48 hours. What are our thoughts? What did we like about it? What holds up? The dialogue is amazing in this movie. Every single line has like a reason to be there. There's so many good back like quibs to like, someone's comment. Yes. You know, like, when yes. She's like, uh, when he's, she's like, a deal. His ex, his really evil ex girlfriend's like, we had a deal, always brutal honesty. And he's like, I think you added the brutal part. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There's so many good little oneers in there. Bonnie Hunt has two of them in particular that I wrote down, like little oh, sort of like so things. Good. If you where, fuck this up, I'll kill you. 
No, yeah, no. Basically, when like uh, it's when a pretty blunt line. <laughs> I love that. That line. So no, good. it's like it's like the tag ons where it's like basically when she's like trying to get Renee Zellweger ready for the date, yeah. and Renee Zellweger starts yeah. crying, and she's like, "Don't cry at the beginning of a date. Yeah, just cry at the end, like I do. Like I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just that. Or then when when uh, Renee Renee Zellweger's like, I've only been with three men in like th two years. But hand goes, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like she just had little tiny tags that like absolutely lifted the movie and kind of made her performance stand out more than just sort of the the curmudgeonly sister who by the way was absolutely justified in being concerned about what Renee Zellweger is getting in, in of course yeah mm -hmm. yeah like it she didn't feel like a naggy like no fun sister I was like I'm actually in her side like she I was yeah. ready to to yeah. think she was kind of the naggy no fun sister but yeah I, I, I was like yeah I totally got everyone's point of view well yeah. she played at the perfect level too with yeah. Tom like she wasn't overtly rude to him yes she was just no. like cautious with him and she's a he, she knows she has had her obviously heartbroken. She's in that divorce help group a lot. She knows how fragile her her sister is right now. So she's, yeah, she's not being mean. She's not yelling at her sister. She's actually a lot more supportive than I kind of remembered. Well, the cast she was more really funny than I up in this movie. Yeah, like I don't really. No one stands out as being out of place. And I find when I go to rewatch a movie, I always start noticing the really bad actors miscast. Yeah, and I didn't do that too many times. But you made a face on Z, so I'm thinking maybe you disagree with me. Uh, they didn't take advantage of the woman from Mad TV. Oh, the, uh, she, oh, on the airplane. <laughs> there was two. So, so by the way, speaking of that, you just brought up another throwaway line. So Harry there's, Spears. There's no. Well, there's. Uh, did you say I was in the one in Divorce A Group? She's on Mad TV. No, well. in Living Color, you're thinking of. But oh, she's from Living Color. So there was two oh, in Living Color women right. in this movie. There's Alexander Wentworth, who's on the plane when she's like, "Jerry, tell me yeah. more." And that has another great throwaway line. So, so she's on the plane and she's like, "So tell me how you proposed." And Tom Cruise is like, uh, "He's like, so you know, he's like, uh, I don't do it on, on the mountain because we get in this fight, and then we uh, we get back to the hotel, but my assistant has made it so the mariachi band will play Here Comes the Bride." And Alexander Wentworth goes. I love that song. <laughs> it's just such a fucking funny throwaway because she's so engaged in the thing and it's such a stupid good. song. So here's my question because you brought up, uh, Matt, the uh, the Cameron Crowe's writing. Do you think those pieces were like improvised on set or do you think they're in the script? I think I think they're in the script. Mm -hmm. Right. Honestly. I he's mean, very he's, funny. he's like Aaron Sorkin before Aaron Sorkin. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like he was trying, like, I, I, I'll say this because he brings it up all the time, Cameron Crowe, that he was trying to write a Billy Wilder style script like he uh, he mentions it all the time if you, there was an interview like last year he said it again about how he wants to make a billy wilder script where it's everything is tight every single line has a purpose uh, and it's like human it's like human drama can be epic and and small moments can be huge and things like that um pardon my ignorance but who's billy wilder <laughs> one of the greatest directors of all time oh yeah the made, apartment the apartment. Oh, this okay. was his. This was his version of the apartment, and he made. Oh, that's weird. I don't know. Leg Seventeen, and he made Sunset Boulevard, and he made Some Like It Hot, and he made lots and lots of really, really great. Movies. And he didn't. Cameron Crowe try and get Wilder to play the Sicky Fox, Sicky Fox role, and, yeah, he, and he got no. a meeting with Billy Wilder, and Billy Wilder like brushed him off. And then they did a screening specifically for Shirley MacLaine so she could see the movie. And she immediately was like, this was supposed to be like my character in the apartment, right? And he's like, of course it was. Like, it was all him trying to like wow everyone and say, I'm the new Billy Wilder. Do you think he ever considered going with Billy Wilder just because of the alliteration? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, uh, Good point. <laughs> speaking of, uh, of the mentor, Dickie, his, his sort of mentor agent, I loved the device of cutting to him. Mm -hmm. Like, it is, it's so effective. And sometimes I doesn't work right when they didn't do it too much like, no. it's like they knew just when to do it because i was thinking that too well spike lee kind of copied this shit and he got game 
right? When they're yeah. talking about Jesus in some ways. It's, it's, it's a good a framing device. It's yeah. a different version, but I just, every time they went, and I kind of forgot that that was in the movie until I started watching it. It's like, oh, my mentor. And he keeps, you know, there's these little pieces of, of advice that break up the sort of sections of the movie that speaks to what sort of uh, Jerry Maguire is going through at those times. And then when it closes sort of with, he gets the last line. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. I've said for years that that last line, in my opinion, is the greatest last line in... Did they steal that part from uh, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles? Oh, that's interesting. That last line? Like when, yeah, he's I like, know exactly. when he's like, uh, I love my wife. I love my No, my wife, wife loves me. Well, he me. goes, I, yeah. lo I like me. My wife likes me. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's very, very reminiscent of that. It's an yeah. interesting pull. Yeah. I got and it. It's, it's also it's the thing line. that would probably get cut the first... When you're in the edit room, you're like, should we cut these things? They don't actually have to be yeah. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that they last, say at work. That last line I put when I sent my thank you cards for my wedding. I put that quote in every single thank you card. The I love my life. Mm. I love my wife. I, I wish open you that. my kind of success. <laughs> 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 but wait, like, but didn't you and your wife like do a joint thank you card? No, I wrote my own for all my people and it's all handwritten. Very there's nice. a lot of hand, there's Very a lot nice. of thank you notes you gotta write. Point is the editor in this film was amazing. Yeah. Like oh, I was, yeah. I can't think of an edit that didn't really work, or I thought this is dated, or this music doesn't work with this scene. Or there was one, but we can say that to the same for the, the other bad parts. Oh, yeah. yeah, for the reason. Every, every time I say anything, you give me a side. I'm getting your head. He's, he's banking him. Uh, yeah. So many great uh, moments. I, the music, another great thing. I thought all the music was like, yeah. like when they would sound up certain tunes, like. You know, it just really sort of like hits you. Like, uh, I'm not going to sing the songs, but like there were like two or three songs where they just sort of slowly sound up to either like uh, uh, end a scene or sort of like just sort of like bookmark a scene. And you're just like, ooh, I'm like, he's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, he's a music guy, obviously. Well, and they, they would mix dialogue that happened previously into a montage and make it like echoey and stuff. And I just thought it was so crazy that some of the decisions that ended up still for working. Sure. And Cameron Crowe is so good at finding the right song for the right moment. Big like time. That tangerine moment in Almost Famous. So, or Tiny Dancer, sorry. It was Tiny Dancer. That they're singing. Oh, yeah, right. They're singing along. And then, then it goes on to tangerine. Are, but they, like, he's so good at that. The way he ends the movie with Shelter, uh, uh, Shelter from the Storm, like I even was, I wrote out some of the lyrics. Because like, the lyrics of the song of Shelter from the Storm are like... That's the Bob Dylan song? The Bob Dylan yeah. song. So is the story from the movie. So yeah, these like needle drops. You could tell they were clearly deeply woven into the movie. For those music drops thing though, I was the, the scene where he was trying to sing along to the songs and couldn't do yeah. it. I thought like that's got to be Mike's favorite scene where he's trying to sing and he can't do he's it. Trying so to find the right song. There's so the right many song. great scenes in this. I but I mean, I just, how could that ever be Mike's? That favorite just made scene? me think of Mike. Maybe you that's might my laugh favorite. at it. That, that's yeah. such a Mike kind of. I scene. do love that scene. Yeah, I do love that. It was that great. Scene. It made me laugh. And, and and honestly, what I love about the scene is like you can write that scene into a movie. Tom Cruise performs the right. fucking hell out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Like, it's him that makes that scene, you know? Like, we've seen a version of people singing along in a car. But it's like, and he just nailed, like, you you, you know when you want to you want a vibe, you want to find yeah. the right groove? It's like he actually finds it. And when he's doing the, call me angel, and he can't, it's the wrong song. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really funny. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Um, Lipnicki, Jonathan Lipnicki, the little boy, obviously he became a huge sensation after this film came out in 96. He And I, I was like, I wonder how he'll hold up, which will be fascinating. I had the same thought, yeah. And fucking from the first moment on the plane when he sort of smiles at the, 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 the flight attendant or whatever, it's like he steals the movie. Then my dad died. My mom took me to the zoo. And I loved to do it. And then there were you. No, wait, wait, because I, I want to tell you more about my dad. 
When, no, let's go to the zoo. He's so good. He's when so he's like, adorable. You said fuck. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> well, even the part that me and my brother used to laugh at a ton, and I thought about my brother when I saw this. He's like, got to go. My mom's up. Got to go. And then he runs, and you see his little head run behind yeah. the couch. He's like, he has Sorry. a huge head, though. He did have a he big head. He honestly does have a huge yeah. head. If the human head weighs 10 pounds, his <laughs> is going to weigh more <laughs> as he gets older. Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he he's that perfect blend of he's very intelligent without being that annoyingly smart and wise sage kid who just happens to yeah. be five with all the answers but he's still he's just a really smart four or five year old well, he's a five-year-old who can hold his own in a scene with tom cruise like mm-hmm. he really 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 can like they actually have like a legit back and but, forth it doesn't feel like he's just memorizing a line and saying it yeah. feels like he's feels engaging like he's saying with with and Terry. he's the cutest little Adorable. human oh i've ever seen oh my <laughs> god i know seriously like it's insane uh, and, and to Shane's point, they didn't write him like some wise young person that's giving Tom Cruise advice. No. He's just regurgitating facts he heard in school or he saw on TV, and that's yeah. the endearing part of the and performance. Then the story, and then the story becomes how Jerry's like more in love with being kind of a father to this yeah. kid, and, and that story and helps the story really. Like when he's hitting rock bottom and he's trying to find grasp onto things, one of the things to grasp on is this kid, and it's a, and and if the kid doesn't work, I don't know if the story works. Well, speaking of Jerry, I thought one of the cool things that Cameron did is it's like in a movie, in a huge sort of like tentpole movie that cost fifty million dollars and makes starring Tom Cruise, he made him flawed to a degree that I thought was like they didn't make him super flawed, but it was like. There were things that were unlikable about him, you know? Like what? Like, well, I thought, like, when he showed up, like, drunk to the employee's house, and then he kissed her and grabbed her boobie. That oh, was such, yeah. like, that was such, like, a thing that you don't do with the leading man in a no. movie like that. No, especially not now. <laughs> yeah, now, you wouldn't see that scene now. That's a Me Too moment. Yeah, right I actually wrote down, I'm like, I want to talk about it in the first half, because I don't know if it is, because she even admits, she's like, I'm the one taking advantage of a guy in a situation where I would know, like she she says it herself. So he could have me tooed her. <laughs> you I don't know, know if she was wearing on situation. That couch. I think it's a complicated. <laughs> just pick the plaster. I just think it's a complicated situation. There was just, but there was something very real. I know what real. you're saying, Mike. There's something very real about like when you're feeling like at your lowest, yeah. and you get hammered, and there's this this person might not even be the person you're into, but they're the person that's there. You just I can go to her house. She likes me. And she she's likes also, my manifesto. She's, just, she's clearly in love with him. Like she's well, putting out. Hundred percent. Well, they ended Dude. up getting married too. I don't yeah. think she was just like right person right time no, but, like, but, but at that point at that point she was, yeah 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 no what were you gonna say Matt uh, I was gonna you're say, just stealing what Bonnie Hunt the second he though. walks in they just assume she's gonna have sex with him immediately like yeah. the sister's like wear this and like if he stays over she's setting it all up like he's just shown up to like check out yeah. what's go- he's drunk to check out what's going on and the sister just assumes like they're gonna hook up immediately yeah you don't think he showed up to like shake the tree there Oh, he might have been shake the tree, but there's no question if she was down to shake or not. No doubt. I no completely doubt. agree. Yeah. It was a and first conversation. I think they kind it. of acknowledge like that Tom Cruise is exceptionally good looking. Like the minute mm-hmm. he comes in, you're like, you're exactly how I picture. Like, I believe <laughs> that a Renee Zellweger. Yeah. His looks are literally used as a laugh point. Yeah. It's like ding dong, yeah. and then the door opens. It's like, look how hunky he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as he's not yeah. super yeah. hot. And then he's like, hey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're exactly how I pictured you, which is another great line from Bonnie Hunt or whatever. Or I imagined you. Uh, but anyway, I, I just, I liked that there were times where it's like this guy is spiraling and he's clearly making selfish choices, maybe mm-hmm. at the expense of a single mother and her kid. Mm-hmm. And he's just honest about that. He shoplifts like, the pooty. Yeah. He's, yeah. Trying, he's, trying, to go, <laughs> he's trying to go on the road to get away from his family because he made this act of de- desperation because he's lonely. They said they established he cannot be alone. They sort of get deep into his psychology, which I, I liked. I liked that they showed him for like all of his flaws and he mm-hmm. sort of does become better and all this stuff. But I like that they didn't shy away from it, you know? Yeah, well, I think at that time too, it wasn't that egregious to make kind of a sloppy pass. No, no. No, no. I'm just in the broader sense. Like, 
She's got the kid. She lives with the sister. Like, it's just, why is he even showing up at, like, midnight hammered? And he well, I think says he, he had no one else. After his girlfriend dumped him. And I think he needed to kind of explain what's going on. So he, he also needs right. to, like, he has no one in his life right now. And he needs to put her at ease. Like, oh, here's my plan. And, like, I think that was... Like the most important reason he showed up, and he immediately is like, "I think he could have done that over the phone." I feel like Clarence Thomas. Like he immediately (laughs) understands. Like the moment he makes a pass, he's like, "Oh my god!" Like he, uh, like as I was already low, and somehow I'm even low. Like he, like how low can I possibly get? Like I thought that amazingly. Yeah, very. It was handled pretty well. Well, it made him super self-aware. Like it's like I'm prone to being drunk and making this sloppy pass, even though this is wildly stupid. Because you're the only person that (laughs) I have in my life that I'm working with that works for me. You have this kid. I probably he knows she probably has a crush on him. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like he knows that she's probably madly in love with him, and he's like, "Well, this is here, and I'm lonely, and I've I've never felt worse. I just lost Kush. My ex girl, my fiance, just you know punched me out after I broke up with her. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just like I liked the scene because I thought it spoke to his character and his downward spiral in a way that maybe yep. they wouldn't have done. Where his previous roles, he was pretty like. Superman, like he was always like a good guy, and he was, you know, Top Gun, and did the right thing, did the right thing every time. Code of ethics and morals and all yeah, that. Yeah, this stuff. was his first movie I, that I had seen where he was a normal guy, kind of. Yeah, like, yeah. He wasn't just like really amazing at everything, and like the legendary guy who fucks up once or whatever. Yeah, totally. And I really like the scene where he's writing the mission statement. Yeah, and then. Instantly regretting it. Like, <laughs> so that smart. one really, really hit me. And I was like, how does he act this out again? How does he show that he regrets it? And he just instantly does it on the phone with his face. Yep. It's like, that's amazing acting, because I don't know about you guys, but I've sent so many stupid emails that I've regretted the second I've hit send or letters or something, some note I've sent to him. Absolutely. A that you're all like hyped up yeah. and you reread it like the next day. You're like, why? At 3 a.m. on Red Bull, it seemed amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then the next morning, it's like, that's this is the worst. I, I'm No commas? Like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? It's so relatable. So, yeah. Part. I don't know if we're going to wait to talk about Cuba Gooding Jr. In, in terms of favorite care, or maybe we don't like Cuba Gooding Jr. in the room, but I thought I was ready to like, be annoyed by Cuba Gooding Jr. in this movie, mm-hmm. like though. But I, like uh, every single scene, he kept winning me over more and more. He was so charming. You are hanging on by a very thin thread, <laughs> and I dig that about you. My first thought when I when I watched the movie was like, ah, this guy's supposed to be an NFL wide receiver. Like he's so small, it's weirdly miscast. But then the whole movie, everyone in the movie kept saying that out loud. Like the knock against him is that he's, he's a, a shrimp. shrimp. Yeah, and then like his brother, the Ari Spears guy from Mad yep. was like, "I told you he's too small for the NFL." Like it keeps getting brought up, and it actually is a part of his character that he's a guy who's smaller than 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 a regular wide receiver should be. I'm glad they acknowledged it because I had in my notes. Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. is literally one and a half inches taller than Tom Cruise, and he's in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. and it's almost like they have to bake it in because the actor they hired was five. I, had, I was googling what is the average height of an NFL wide yeah. receiver. But oh, they tall. He's kind of like a Barry Sanders type. Yeah, and then he looked. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch. I don't know if football well is enough. Is Barry a running back? He is, yeah. Right, yeah, running backs can be small. But I mean body type-wise, yeah. Yep. It um, did look like one tackle should rip Cuba Gooding Jr. I don't know, he was in pretty good shape, and he was, like, compact, but there's a, there's a there's a there's a denseness to a football player. I don't know. I don't know shit about football. <laughs> Cuba was great, though. Before, quickly, though, I just Shane mentioned the manifesto, which was, again, they, they played that up perfectly, all of that stuff. We'll talk about the meltdown scene when he gets fired. Uh, but one of the things about the manifesto that I fucking love and actually— The callback? Nope. Yeah, okay. My first giant laugh in the film is he prints the manifesto. He's like, it even looked like Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. And the guy at like the Kinko's or the printing place hands it to him, and he goes, 
that's how you become great, man. He clearly read the yeah. manifesto yeah. and was so inspired. <laughs> this fucking hippie with the long hair. That scene like slayed me. You like, think he actually read it or just the title? He kind of knew the deal. I think while he was printing mm -hmm. off these like 300 copies, the dude decided to read the manifesto <laughs> and was a fan of it. That's I how I read the I scene. I love that Troy Aikman read the <laughs> yeah. manifesto at the end. <laughs> I thought that was one of the greatest callbacks that I'd never noticed before. Yeah, that was great mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so back to your saying about Cuba. Well, just kidding. Like, because he started out like the role it seemed to start is all charisma all show me the money and i remembered show me the money and it was super famous and there's all that and then like slowly but surely he becomes like more of a real person more of a real person there's a relationship with his wife and then by the time it got to the end where he's hugging jerry like in the hallway like i was like tearing up <laughs> and then it, and then it hits to like the great line of like hey how come we don't have a relationship like yeah. that to bob sugar where i'm like it feels like the, the that that as as amazing as as jerry's story is the 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 rod tidwell story really is the backbone of well, the that's movie. the real relationship yeah. that jerry has in this movie where you actually get the ups and downs they've been through well you start you care you start with the hockey player's kid and that will, and that's the, the impetus for for writing the mission statement of him being like like uh, uh, oh your dad your nothing can keep him out and then the kid says fuck you he has his big and then like yeah maybe I don't have personal relationships and that is the real actual that story. Mm -hmm. Which is great, but I actually do like I was uh, the yeah great at relationships, bad at intimacy. Yeah, but that being said, I do I do feel they spent too much time on that side of him when the Renee Zellweger storyline is clearly the superior part of the movie, unless you guys disagree. The love story, the love story. Like I know it's. I don't know. I don't give I, a I, shit about them. Really? See, yeah. when I, that's how I used to think, of, and I and I was ready to think about that when I watched this movie. Like, and you hit that last hour, you're like, okay, here we go. We're gonna get into. You had me at hello, but I was like riveted this time by that last half. I, I, I love both yeah. plots equally. I love yeah. the relationship with him and, and Cuba, and I love the relationship with him and Renee. And I thought that the hardest thing to do is to balance sort of an A-B plot and make them sort of A-A. And I felt it was a little unbalanced, and I wish that the balance was more... because I've been the other way. Yeah, I thought the last the, the, that whole last part and... and, and You're really enter, entering uh, criticism territory, No, 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 but I, well, I'm trying yeah. to say how much I love that last hour. Like, I actually think it's incredible. She has a great line where she goes, I've got this great guy. And he loves my kid. And he sure does like me a lot. And he sure does like me a lot. Yeah, like that was like, oh, that heartbreaking. Oh, hurt man. me so bad. And it was like a really well done scene. That was like Billy Wilder. That was well, when, when Lipnicki is saying, just go, just go. Oh, like that's so sad. Oh. That'll make you cry. He was wearing, on the side, I wrote this down too, because in that scene, that U-Haul scene, he was wearing uh, a Sonic Suns 1993 Western Conference yeah. final mm -hmm. shirt that was so amazing, and I want yeah. that shirt now. Well, it looks sweet on him. It's amazing. Yeah. I love Oversized, it. but everything looks... It I is, love it. He yeah. was in such good shape. He's a great yeah. shape. This is the best looking Tom Cruise has ever looked, I think, in his entire life. Like, yeah. this is the time for Tom to look is good. It? I when think this is Apex. I, a great question. I agree with you. I yeah. was thinking the exact same thing. I think this is the most, like, uh, this is Apex Tom. This when is you think of Tom Cruise, you think of him wearing glasses walking around in this movie. In Mission yeah. Impossible 3, he's really good looking. Yeah, but this is the coolest he's ever looked. Uh, when they show That's up to different. that res hot resort in cocktails, he looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of hot, though, Jerry O'Connell was fucking gorgeous, and I couldn't get it out of my head the entire time. I 
I really? don't think he was gorgeous. Yeah. No, I think oh, I thought body was, I was all right. Blown away. <laughs> yeah. We've we've talked about this alternate podcast we want to do where we talk about guys hotness. Yeah. <laughs> guys hotness. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought Jay O'Connell was just stunning. Well, what makes this alternate podcast so good is that we disagree sometimes. Do you disagree? Do I you all you disagree? And, you and I have Jerry's very I different taste than men. God, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just yeah, and I love Kush as a character too. You also love Pete Davidson though. I think he's very good looking. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Did but I mean, this is different. This is this is like an actual. If I just saw a picture of Jerry O'Connell, Jerry O'Connell in 1996, you just that is a yeah. obviously good looking man. Right. There were a few uh, <laughs> callbacks. I, I liked a lot whenever Jerry, because Jerry kept sort of like his life spiraling under control, and he keeps kind of trying to make moves, right, to to make it right. He keeps trying to correct. He's like, as long as I have Kush, we're gonna be fine. Then he loses Kush. He's like, okay, that well, Kush, when he loses Kush, that scene is incredible. A great scene. Incredible. And even Bo Bridges. Here's a question about that scene, actually, before I get to my point. When Bo Bridges is like, uh, yeah, we were busy making the Denver deal while you were walking the lobby with uh, the black fella. We signed an hour ago. You were in the lobby with the black fella. Absolutely racist. When I was, you do think so? For sure. I think that's what you're about to it's, ask. It certainly had undertones. It did. It, and I, my whole life, I'm like, it's racist. Uh, Kush's dad is a racist and he hates that. But then I started thinking, and, and I could be wrong, and I'm totally ready to take an L on this. I, I thought last night, I go, first of all, his son has been playing with black players and he's going to go into the NFL with black players. And it's, so it's a part of their existence. It's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. If he has something against black people, that seems kind of weird. But I can totally 100% see someone being in that sport and inhabiting that world and still having that problem. I wondered if it was more like... Pay it like we're the bell of the ball. What the fuck are you doing with another client? Why even yeah. bring it up then? Why the even fella? say the black fella? The yeah. way he yep. said it, yep. the, you're implied right. that, and I think it, right. it, it can be both things too. Yeah, I think the, you're not, not wrong, the Arizona guy, not yeah. the wide receiver, yeah. but the black fella. Yep. I think yeah. it's, it's serving two purposes. I think it's like you know you're learning that he's letting him go, but you also be like, oh, this is the type of client he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you exactly. I mean? like, this is like kind of like what he's trying to work against. It's like, oh yeah, this guy's kind of a piece of shit racist. Yes. Yep. Yep, fair enough. He's been trying to play the nice guy, and my word is as good as oak, and this whole thing the whole time. And finally, the moment Jerry like backs him into a corner, he's like, I'm going to show you my real self. Well, it's the only time his tone changes. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, He's definitely a racist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, but what I was going to say is Jerry kind of keeps saying it was only a mission statement. Every time he sort of is like, how the fuck did I get here at a different point or whatever? Yeah. And the scene, obviously, where he's looking at the goldfish, and he keeps seeing the goldfish throughout, right? Like, they're kind of this symbol of this moment but when he's with once they've decided to take a break she's like you take this time on this next trip uh, near the end of the movie there and he's like you know watching jonathan lipnicki sleep and he touches his hand i don't know if it's because like i'm a dad now or something but like because I'll, I'll watch my kids sleep and it is like this really precious thing that like tom cruise acting that scene like his hands kind of shaking as he touches jonathan lipnicki's hand while jonathan jonathan lipnicki's sleeping and he doesn't even quite touch it he just sort of barely like mm-hmm. and he can't even and then he just starts crying i'm like Fuck, man, the scene ruined me this time. And it, oh, and it did back then, too. I thought that a lot with the Jonathan Libnicki stuff, now that I'm a dad, that I totally... I mean, it's going to happen with tons of movies now that I, re- that I rewatch, that I will see that relationship much different now about what it means to be a dad and how much it really does, like, fundamentally change you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else we have that's on the good list? Other, I mean, obviously we go on about the performances. Yeah, I'm waiting to before. I'm There's so many great moments. Performances are coming up, right? We're not coming. Performances yeah, exactly. and scenes, right? So I'm trying to see. Performances. I mean, I just I think the comedy in this movie is really funny. When when Renee Zellweger defends Jerry, so the offer comes in at it's like 1.2 oh, over three awesome. years, and, uh, and they're like they're like what the fuck three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for three years this is a bu-? and Jerry's like fuck, and then it's like 
you know, Cuba Gooding and his wife, uh, Regina King, are like getting, they're like, why the fuck, why is this the offer, Jerry? And Renee like decides to just like, she's like, you know what? This guy has nothing. And she thinks she's defending him. But And, and then it, she pulls out the mission statement. Oh that was my great. God. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> just puts it back in the drawer. She acts the scene so well. And you can see a wife or a, a girlfriend or somebody that's Absolutely. defending you. Yeah. She thinks she's doing right. But I felt so embarrassed for Jerry, but also totally believed where she was coming from. He's broke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. I yeah, was like, I got that. I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. This is killing me right now. Broke. Oh. Do you know? Well, I love too when he's giving the speech about like how he's taking off, who's coming with me, and then no one puts their hand up, and he's like, Cindy, let's go. And she just doesn't. <laughs> like, knows, he thinks his personal yeah. secretary is coming with him. Yeah. She's like, sorry, Ooh. Jerry. Like just the conference. Yeah. What a great moment. The pay bump is happening in three months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, do you think I'm just gonna? Freak out. That's a that's an iconic scene. That's right there. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, the Huge. freak out. Yeah. Uh, We're probably not going to talk about Jay Moore as, as Bob Sugar. I was I going to. Well, in best yeah. character, I'm just saying, he's probably not best character, but he was amazing. He was such a, he was, there's not a lot of bad guys in this movie, like, but but as probably the chief. He's a bad guy in the movie. Yeah, yeah. As, as one of the few, he's he plays it perfectly. I yeah. think, including the bachelor party scene and everything, I think this movie really nailed the dynamic between, like, faux friendships in business. Yeah. yeah in that sure. world. Which is what this movie's about. Mm -hmm. Like, Cameron Crowe, you spoke of singles, and he specifically said that when that movie failed, he goes, he immediately found, like, all his fake friends just disappeared. And he's like, well, that's a movie. Like, that's like, oh my god, all these people who loved me my whole career, uh, they're not returning my phone calls, they're all, all, they've all gone away, so that is, like, very very much on purpose right fascinating um yeah just sort of one last note for me on the good is i feel like crow has a masterful handle on these characters i think he knows these characters and sometimes a big knock on sorkin is basically he's just writing like 10 versions of himself yeah. uh i really felt like all of these characters were distinct and, mm -hmm. and ind individual they didn't feel like just cameron's voice i, I like i was like these are five different people that and i think he like dove deep i think he like really like dove into research and he like went around with agents and like so he did the proper work to understand who these guys are really well. And on, yeah, on that business side, and then the romantic side, I feel like he dug deep, you know, and it's no big surprise that he sort of understands the human heart in a way that's very sort of like palpable yeah. and, and enjoyable. But it's like, there were heartbreaking conversations in this in this movie that really, really, really rung true. Like if you've ever had a relationship that didn't work out, or it's like one person is more into it than the other person, or it's just like, you're not Or even more complicated, like the, the, the idea of you're in this relationship because you love my kid. Like that's like very that's a very very complex thing I've never ever seen in another movie before. Absolutely. Like that's tough. Like that's some very very dense complex relationship shit. Big it's time. really well done. Okay, so should we get to <laughs> best performance? Let's do best performance. Uh, let's do best oh, scene. Best scene. Okay. Best scene and then best performance. Matt, do you have a best scene? My best scene would probably be. You know what? You have me at hello. You complete me. Just hey. shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. That whole scene is just so mm. well crafted. Um, so, and there's so many things going on across the board, like you know the the women in the room and him and and Renee, and it's all happening simultaneously. And so, even though that's such like the cliche scene for it, it's I think also it's iconic there. for a reason. Yeah, it's very iconic. So, I would say probably that scene. That's my answer too. Yeah, that's what you that's got. That's my answer. The, the way he comes in is like, if I have to do it here, it's got to be like this. This used to be my specialty. They this used to send me. Specialty. And, and, and fucking just, love that line. And it's so perfect how it's like, like hello, hello, and then like I, you had me at hello is an iconic line, but it's also like a perfect way to to sew up the scene. Like to the way she cuts him off, she's like, the, literally the moment you walked in this room, it was already over. 
So you don't have to talk. He had he clearly had this big like monologue, like ready to go. Ah, oh, it was perfect. Yeah, and he has this his audience of like critics just like watching him the, the whole the, time. The worst the possible people. Like, yeah, I've seen this bullshit before. Then, this guy's I full know, of shit. And he wins them guess, all over. And I guess you're right that this actually is the culmination of him as the agent as well. Like he is the master of the living room. He is the. I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that till you just said that, but oh, it's yeah. true that that is his. He's using his his skills as a sports agent to to win her back. And ah, it's perfect. It's perfect. I love the scene that was actually the catalyst to that scene even happening, which was uh, Rod being knocked out. Yeah. yeah, so good. That stunt of even him catching the football and flipping really out. Really good. Yeah, when I was younger, I actually thought Cuba did that because <laughs> I was always looking, pausing, and looking for stuntmen. It, it seems like it was Cuba. It was done in such a realistic way, and it was so. And then it was uh, kind of funny when he, he wakes up and realizes that he's jumping around. But it's so joyous and believable all at the same time. The and then you have the dance. home stuff in her cut. Oh my god! And when, when she when, like beats up his when, brother or when, whatever. Yeah. And when Regina King's like, "Please tell me he's okay. This family doesn't work without him." That makes my Woo. eyes water yeah. for sure. Then Jerry has his big moment that just sends chills when he's happy. And then there's uh-huh. like that perfect amount of comedy with Troy Aikman asking why. Well, the touchdown dance, too. Don't like that oh, was oh, so good. I rewound it like a everything. few times to make like that is Cuba doing that. Mm-hmm. And Frank Gifford and Al Michaels and all these guys like they're like, well, you right. Tidwell better keep it moving. Because it is if you watch <laughs> NFL, you're like this wouldn't happen. Like this. No. is it's weirdly pacing. Like, but if you believe the fantasy, what I like is that he kind of hung her lantern on it. And he had the commentary guys be like, he's going to get a flag, but he does doesn't care. <laughs> you know, it's just like, this is smart. It's you know? great. It was Whereas, really like, well Whereas reps done. would eventually usher him up. But it just was a, it was a great, great, great moment. I, I thought they said there's a flag on the play, but who cares? I think they were like, if he's not careful, he's going to get a flag or something because he kept mm. dancing. He's going to get a flag. And there's like, but he doesn't care. Oh, I thought they said there's a flag. Could be right. Yeah. Well, it's like it's part of the whole and the yeah. music's swelling and he's, it was a great scene. Um, yeah, in a movie full of them, whether it's the you think I'm going to freak out, the quitting scene, which is iconic, uh, the you complete me in the living room. I, I, I even thought about the end scene, uh, your singing scene that you thought that would be my favorite. Uh, I mean, I've done, I'm a favorite. I knew you would like it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so many, and, and I guess I, I do have to go with, like, the whole movie basically it culminates in that last scene in the living room and him making that speech, and there's just... It's this movie is such like a, a like sort of a um, a perfect vessel for Tom Cruise to sort of show off all of his gifts, mm-hmm. charisma, vulnerability, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like aggression, yeah. uh, sort of not you know he's just masterful in this movie. And that scene, it's like it could be schmaltzy in so many hands, and this movie could be schmaltzy yeah. if handled differently. And it's like you're just like I'm here with these people right now. I want this to succeed. I want her to win him over. And yeah, I yeah that's the scene. I'll strong pick strong runner up though from is when he's calling all the clients to win. To, like uh, right after he got fired, like that's I feel like masterful. Well, almost every scene is I know. really well yeah. done. But it's a pressure pressure, that, pressure yeah. scene. It's and a the, good scene. And that ends with with show me the money. Show me the money. You know what I Show me the money. Just like with you had me at hellos. Reason show, show me the money. Show me the money isn't just good because it's funny, mm-hmm. but in the moment itself. And there's and that the, 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 the I forgot that he yelled I'm Mister Black People. Oh when He's yeah. on the phone yelling the whole thing. That made me howl. Yeah. Bob Sugar said Black I don't people. like black people. Yeah, I'm Mister Black. <laughs> it's it's hard to say the setups are the best scene in the movie when the payoffs are so great. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean. It's so. true. Uh, what was our best performance? I, I'll start. Tom Cruise. I just said it basically. I summed up my reason for. I mean, in a movie full of amazing performances. Uh, and honestly, you mentioned we might not mention Jay Moore as Bob Sugar. I think like he was fantastic. Yeah, that's like that I was, just think that, like I said, there's so many yeah. good performances. Worried he would get overshadowed. But yep. if you don't say Jerry, you're crazy, right? Like everyone's saying right. Jerry, but it's like on a completely. 
different level of acting than everyone mm-hmm. else is. It's like yeah. he believes when he does a role, he actually just believes he's that person. Mm-hmm. He's not even acting. He just thinks he's the Mission Impossible guy. He thinks he's Top Gun. I kind of want to go Cuba Gooding Jr. Right, really? Yeah. He won the Oscar. He well, was Cuba, Cuba so was good. Yeah. Cuba is great, for sure. He's he was so good. So, I was so ready to actually not be into him in this movie, and I was like, man, like this guy is just crushing it every it, single second. Do you think it killed Tom Cruise to not win Best Actor and have sure. Cuba win Best Supporting? He should have won. W- was Jerry, uh, sorry, was C- <laughs> look at how good he is. <laughs> was Tom nominated for this? Yeah, yeah best he should have won. Okay. I, for, I forget who, uh, I think Ray, Ray Fiennes won. English Patient? Mm-hmm. English yeah. Patient. I bet you if Tom came out of nowhere, he would have won. Because yeah. it would have been like, who the fuck is this guy? Like Cuba kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. I think that really helped Cuba's case because yeah. it was more Cinderella. Yeah, he was known, like, he was known from Boys in the Hood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so who are you going with? I'm going with Tom. Like you're saying, he through. was a cut above everybody. He was, he was a so beat. good, and it also like there's elements to Jerry Maguire that I feel like that's actually Tom Cruise is sort of like that mm-hmm. too. That kind of you know like the fake persona he puts on. I think it was in the beginning Tom. of the movie. the movie. Was yeah, that's a great point. And he's like you know they're doing the bachelor thing, and he's like oh he's like holding his heart like everyone's so yeah. mean. He's just like at level twenty at all that's times. That's such a funny scene too. It's so good, and it's just like. I feel like there's a lot of like his actual life in there. It mm-hmm. kind of feels like I'm, I might talk about this more in the second half, but I do feel like this movie's kind of subtextually about him. Like yeah. it's about Tom Cruise, and it's about who is Tom Cruise, and what is is he in real life playing the character of Tom Cruise, and what happens? If we can actually pull all that stuff off, and what who is this? What it is? Can he be a real human being? I totally wrote that in my notes. Yeah. I wrote Tom Cruise biopic. Yeah, kind of is. Well, I wonder if Tom is as real as Jerry. Because I feel like Jerry might have had realer moments than Tom would even Yeah, exactly. In the I don't, other I don't know. Movie, yeah. yeah. Maybe that, that's, the, I wonder, is Tom Cruise even in real life capable of that kind of, like, mm-hmm. like humanity? Yeah. I don't know. But it does feel like, it does feel like, like the, he specifically was like, can I make a movie that starts with Tom Cruise as Tom Cruise, the way we all know Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, and then what if I do ever, like, ruin his career and ruin his life in every way? What does that guy look like? So Cuba or Tom? Cuba. Wow. Oh. I have some Tom issues. We'll get Not to them. Exactly. I, I thought, and I just, Cuba was awesome. He was just so good where he started as, like, a bloviating NFL star full of himself. Caricature. And, a jerk. He was like a jerk. Show me the money. Da, da, da. I want the money. I want the. I got the four I things. It's a reasonable request and when you're talking to your agent. No, mm-hmm. of course. I'm just saying the yeah. the performance seemed kind of hack at first, and then I, almost done on purpose. Slowly became a very human, very interesting character. All the way up until that last scene, Shane. That's it. That's your favorite scene. That was spectacular. Well, the Academy agrees with you. Um, and that dance he did at the Academy well, Awards. What's is weird great. too is it's like the thing you're saying about Tom. I almost applied to Cuba because you know when he's on the talk show at the end. He's like, I want to, I want to fa- uh, thank my wife. This I'm forgetting somebody. No, and they're like, Oh, you're running out of time. Like, <laughs> he did that in his acceptance mm-hmm. speech. Oh, really? Like, have you seen that recently? No. He's doing the exact same shit. He's acting the exact same, and I'm like, Whoa. Oh, Cuba's really a one trick pony here. He's like playing. He himself. is. I mean, because clearly he hasn't replicated this yeah. performance. He no. really stretched in snow dogs, so <laughs> I wouldn't be so. <laughs> there was that cruise <laughs> movie he did well, too. Radio. Was was, oh yeah. God, radio. Yeah. radio. Oh my God. Yeah. Like We're not learning. That, that was my We're not issue. teaching radio. He's teaching us. Yeah. I was worried I wasn't going to like him because of what his career went after this movie. And I was like, this guy's such a one-hit wonder. But you know, he's, he's great in, like, uh, American crime and stuff, like the 
Oh yeah, is the that OJ? OJ thing. Yeah, you know but, he uh, made a, a, an audition tape to be in Django Unchained. Like he produced like a big audition tape of riding horses and all the stuff. Have to, you seen this? I haven't. I've read about it. That to to show Tarantino Smart that move. It would have been like his way back. Yeah, it would have been his way back. Yeah. Prestige film because Will Smith had like dropped out, and so there's clearly an open space and and yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, reasons for knocking it off the pedestal. What has aged badly? What was bad even then? What are its flaws? Couple things. Uh, do you want me to start? Go yeah. for it. Uh, I like. I thought the kid in the emergency, the kid in the emergency room, the catalyst for the manifesto. Mr. McGuire. Yeah. This is his fourth concussion. Shouldn't somebody get him to stop? Hey, hey, hey! It would take all five super trooper VR warriors to stop your dad. Right? Fuck you. Like, what kid talks yeah. like that <laughs> LA at actor that kid. fucking age? <laughs> like, I was just like, I literally started cackling, not in a good way, where I was just like, I don't know if it's the kid or, and this was the first kind of, this is, there's a few missteps that I do think Cameron Crowe made. This is one of them. They gave that it kid too so much. False. Make it the yeah. wife. Make it the wife. Yeah. Like, yep. like, it's the kid. No kid talks like that. No kid would talk to an agent like that. And if they did, they wouldn't be that like eloquent and thoughtful and then say, fuck you or whatever they say although we delivered that line a little bit decenter than the previous line but i was just like what is this this is so lame so you can, I picture, that you can picture a stage bomb like off to the side like mouthing along with all his lines <laughs> just make it the, yes. the hockey player's wife that's all you have to do and we're yeah. and you and you can still yeah. have the moment you can still have his crisis of conscience that leads to the manifesto so yeah that, that was my first thing anything for you guys oh for sure uh i think that a little bit of it just doesn't age well as far as like him hitting on the coworker and like grabbing her boob and being hammered, like you could get fully canceled for that now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I and did genuinely write cancel Jerry Maguire. In it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some moments like that, and also just with her, where she's just like, her character just likes him through and through, no matter what he does. She's very needy. She's just there waiting, kind of for him to come back. Even even like the classic line at the end, like you had me at hello. It's like. She doesn't really change at all in the entire movie. We didn't really talk about her much in the first half. Did everyone feel a little low on, on Renee in this the, movie? And it, well, and to that point, too, I feel like I was, like, in love with her the whole movie. And it was like, she's a perfect woman. And you're like, you're like yeah, because she was designed by a man to be the perfect woman that every man would kind of want. Yep. Yeah, who's immediately so in love with Jerry without yeah. question and never wavers. I guess she never really wavers for like one second of her love for him, right? Something about her annoyed me in this. I movie. love him really? for oh, who he okay. wants to be and who he could be. And well, my, the man my he thing, almost is. Yeah, that's it. My thing with her was that the power of Renee Zellweger's performance is so charismatic that you, the way she delivers her lines, the, the looks, you kind of fall in love with her. Yes. Like her performance. Yeah. But the content of her character and what she says. Like, if I were Jerry, that would be a hard stay away. Like, I would yeah. be like, this girl... <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I had yeah, anxiety. She, like, the scene when she's like, I love him, I love him, oh I love him, I love him. Oh, my God. He's on the other side I would have ran, like, Absolutely. Hell. By the way, that scene is so funny. There's a, there's a moment in that scene where uh, where Jerry, like, walks out of the bedroom after they've hooked up that night, and the sisters are talking, and he can hear them. And so he goes, oh, you know what? This is a little uncomfortable. I probably shouldn't, like, eavesdrop on them. And he goes to walk away, and that's when Bonnie Hunt says, uh, men just act differently when they're hanging out at the bottom rung. And, and Cameron keeps <laughs> the camera on cruise the whole thing so it's like the, you hear them talking in the kitchen he comes out you see him be like no I'm a good guy I'm not gonna listen goes back into the bedroom just as she's saying when the guys are different when they're hanging on to the bottom rung and then he just comes like his head pops back out like 
excuse me? Mm-hmm. And now he's like, fuck it, I'm going to listen to the rest of the conversation. Just hanging on Cruise for that was just like, the timing was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I, it just made me wonder, anyway, I, I was thinking about the editing and just like the, do you have the women run the whole scene where he's acting about it, but then you actually take the dialogue from the scene they shot in the kitchen. Anyway, it made me think, but I thought that was a great moment. But yes, when Renee Zellweger's like, I love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. Oh, yeah. I was like, ah! <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> run, run, Jerry, run! Mike's, Mike's running out? Seriously, like, you just met her, man. Like, so, so well, in that I kind of got why she loved him. Oh, yeah. Because she got to know him through yeah. the manifesto. Oh, yeah, I So that it. was the way of, like, okay. him bearing his soul. But I was like, when does Jerry, where's the scene that lets me believe that Jerry could actually fall Correct. in love with her? I agree. What's yeah. so great about Renee? He's just at the bottom. He's just at the that, bottom. That's what fucks up everything for me. I'm like, I don't believe this. I don't believe if this movie continued that Renee and Tom or Jerry are together. I to completely, that's, see, but this is yeah. what I was kind of getting at about Tom allowing himself to seem uh, not the greatest mm-hmm. because I think his whole motivation is my life sucks. I'm at the bottom. I'm grasping at anything. She's a life preserver. I totally get why she loves him. Like you kind of understand the situation. Oh, he's like this really flashy agent. He's smart. He's you know he's gonna make something of himself. He's great with my kid. All that stuff. He's hot. He's yeah. very hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't get. What, <laughs> You'd be good on another pod. Like when I say <laughs> when I say like. And she's like, I love him, I love him, I love him, that he should run. I'm talking from his perspective. I don't, mm-hmm. but uh, the answer to what does he see in her, other than she is charming and attractive, and yeah. she is, I think he just literally, there's nobody else in his mm-hmm. life. And they say it in the movie, he cannot be alone. But, so she's but just But I'm saying that there. the movie kind of falters in if this is supposed to be a great love right. story. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah, where's that. that scene where his, they have that moment where they're just like it's like oh this is good chemistry i didn't feel that it was always that awkward chemistry they had well or, i guess it yeah. flipped because every time he needed her it was when he was fucked up or down and out and then when he had his greatest moment and cuba gooding jr comes in and they're him and cuba are looking at each other and the eyes are watering and they're like wow it's really happening and the phone rings he he's like um what's her name Dorothy. Dorothy. He's like, do Dorothy? And 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 it's it's not. It's Cuba's wife. I think they're showing in that moment that now when something's going good, he wants to share it with her. He wants to share it with someone. It means like it, he's just jealous yeah. of My their ca- relationship. <laughs> it means something that that someone is who's is really there for you and believes in you at your lowest mm-hmm. moment. It's not just like she happens to be there, but when you're low and you need someone and this person just keeps believing in you, that means that's, that's, that's something. You're 100% that's, right. That is that something. That is true. Maybe we're selling Jerry a little, maybe we're making him seem a little too shallow. So he loved the love, the adoration someone had for him. Loyalty. Not even, he yeah, even well, said it. he even says it, yeah. that she's loyal, and that's a good, he says that. But she's a bit of a flip-flopper too. When she like kind of dumps him, like, yeah. well, that seemed unstable to me. She needed health care for her kid, and that's yeah. why he uh, proposed. The other thing, too, sure. just to get in that moment real quick, this movie takes place in Los Angeles, does it not? Yeah. It does. And she's moving all the way to San Diego? Yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> that far. Like, they make it seem like she's yeah. moving across the world, but it's like, it's like two and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, the logistics of a movie, so the, the, the game happens where Rod gets injured, and then he's alive, and then Jerry has the moment. But then that same night, he goes into the women's group. I actually looked at what flights from Arizona ah. to LA would be to be like, could this happen in the same night <laughs> that he would go to the game in Arizona, have this big moment with Rod, and then be able to walk in during this women's group and give the big... Cardinal private jet no you could do it because on the west okay. coast they start the games uh earlier in order to be early on the east coast so that game probably started on monday night football it probably started five o'clock west coast time right it's a three-hour game puts us at eight Is o'clock he buying all these flights with points though <laughs> <laughs> he's he doing that he's dead broke <laughs> that, that pisses me off in movies yeah. and tv shows everything where people fly like it's nothing it's no like, you man, know what though getting on a plane is not Cheap. A lot went unsaid here. Jerry Maguire was probably very, very 
like um he was the like one of the top agents in sports. He probably had like a kid like he probably had a million in savings or properties that he had to sell. Well, they she just said he's broke. Well, yeah, but you mm. know what I mean. I know what you mean. So it's like it's like even that office they were in on the water. That like was that an office he rented or was that his beach home using like I got the impression that Jerry had done very well. He's now at rock mm. bottom. He's liquidated all his shit to try and start his own independent agency. They just didn't yeah. get into that. I think you have to kind of fill that in. So it's like he's probably broke or He's taken out a loan in order to keep the business afloat until he gets a big commission, which then came with the eleven million dollar ride contract. Yeah. That's what I read it as. Yeah. So, so he's yeah, probably, no, I think that's right. So totally. he's in debt paying for the flights, or it's still you know he sold off his assets or whatever. Um, but yeah, I did the math, and he could <laughs> he would have been walking into that woman's group uh, to tell her you complete me around midnight on Monday night uh, L.A. time. Right. So, so it helps out. out, and and obviously Cameron probably made that like did all that as well. Yeah, his mom was the older woman in the woman's really? group. Really? Yeah, Cameron, Cameron Crow's mom. Yeah, the one with the black hair. Yeah, yeah. Forty-five minute flight, Arizona mm. to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right, what else? So well, I, was, I mean, I mean, I kind of getting back to all the things that you guys are saying too is just like, and what you're saying, Shane, too. It's it's not like she does anything to make him realize how much he loves her and what a great person she is. It's something that happens to him. That he's like, I wish I had someone mm. to spend this great time with. Yeah, the person that got me here. And he runs back to her, but it's nothing she does, and it's nothing yeah. really he does either. It's just um, uh, Terry Tit. What's his name? Tidwell. Rod, oh, Rod, Rod Tidwell. Tidwell. Yeah. Rod Tidwell gets one touchdown, and then <laughs> <laughs> changes their whole lives. Yeah. Well, he gets the big contract, and then Troy <laughs> For one touchdown. Well, here's the question: but, Do you believe that he does love her? Like, even though he started out loving her because she was there and she believed in the manifesto, like maybe there is enough that it's like, wow, I do love this person. Although they made a big point to show that he was avoiding her and, you know, all this stuff. I love the scene when they're watching the, the wedding video and you're seeing his face and everyone's noticing his face. Like, he's really like, look. Yeah. There's, that, there's so much in that movie where his acting is just his face, which is so hard to do. But, like, mm -hmm. when Bobby Sugar calls a room, when he's uh, oh, signing yeah. the thing and he pretends... It's Kush. Hey, it's Kush. The sniff. Yeah, and you just see it all in his face there. Um, no comment. That moment. Yeah. And then, like, the moment earlier when he's getting fired. Like, there's so many silent moments that he, like, just delivers. Like, crazy. Since we're in the bad section, speaking of silent uh, Cruz acting, I did find it funny when he was typing the manifesto. I began writing what they call a mission statement. Not a memo. A mission statement. You know, a suggestion for the future of our company. Because there's something people do when they type, where it's like, when you're typing, you just type. There's not really much to do unless you can really act with your eyes. So people tend to, like, move their head a lot. All I was doing was I was laughing at the first ISO of him typing, because he's like... <laughs> like, it's like it's like a dog like looking at shit out of a window like I was just like you, he just clearly didn't really know what to do with himself right. as he's typing something <laughs> intensely so it's, he's moving a lot and I'm like I've never seen anyone move as they type well he was trying to give off this like crazy energy totally. he had like uh like, yeah 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 I was just like type acting is funny because there's really not much to do other than just type <laughs> but this shows you how good the movie is like really what we're nitpicking we're nitpicking you know what I, I mean we're not you know, desperate like well, let me talk about full time right now well yeah. like I was gonna say I do have so you guys all thought Tom Cruise was unassailable. I thought that there, I thought getting into what I was saying earlier, it felt like he was almost doing an impression of himself sometimes. Didn't we already go over that part? But I'm getting, let me go, sorry, sorry, I'm getting into getting back, I'm because sorry. the the movie was, <laughs> was written for Tom Hanks. It was written for, it was written him in mind, it was given to Tom Hanks, they had a meeting, there's a whole thing where it was meant to be Tom Hanks, where, so the idea is that he wanted an actor who was going to, Start big and then come back down in the last hour is Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks. I can't see Tom Hanks playing the more nuanced. I can't see Tom Hanks trying to make out with a girl and grab her boob. Does the good-looking doorbell scene still happen? 
In 1997, I'm just saying, Come Tom Hanks on. never good looking. Good lord. Okay, maybe not the good. And obviously, they adjusted it for for Tom Cruise. I'm just saying, I do want that that first that first 90 minutes. It does kind of feel Cruise caricature a little bit. It does feel like he's playing Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise, like like you said, the biopicy thing. And it and it kind of graded on me a little bit as as the, the, I I mean, yeah, I feel like that's a quality of it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a positive. Yeah. I can't see I can see Cruise getting vulnerable, right? Like I can see Hanks getting vulnerable. I can't see Hanks being like a cutthroat agent the way that yeah. I can see well, Cruise being a cutthroat agent. And if it's Cruise playing Cruise in a pirate film, that's probably bad cuz like Cruise you're supposed oh, to be a, that. You're supposed to be a pirate. <laughs> and this isn't a comedy. But if it's Cruise playing something that's believable yeah, that a Cruise type it, guy would do, it, it, that's it good. It's it like, annoyed. yeah, be Cruise. It's like Far and Away with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, if in the you see Cruise there, that's no good. It's like, you're Irish, man. No Cruise. <laughs> I think this is the quintessential like Cruise-esque guy you want. And if you had a guy who wasn't Cruise, you'd say, be Tom Cruise in this. Like you tell well, but, Hanks, but, then you, like but like I'd I'd be interested to see Hanks being like a guy putting on and trying to be the sharky like sports agent stuff, and then like the world beats him down into this. It would be cool. It'd be an amazing acting feat if he could pull it yeah. off. Yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't slight Tom for that. No, no, no. I'm just saying. No. I, 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 in my head, I can't help but wonder if that would be a more interesting performance than watching Cruz be Cruz. Just Cruz being Cruz. Like I've seen Cruz do more. Interesting, like eyes wide shot. Might, you might be right. It would be more interesting, but I don't know if it'd be better. It would be cool. Know. Yeah, to I don't know. I don't a, know if it'd be better miscast. at all. Uh, I want to see the movie Cruise being Cruise. I'm That'd down be a good that. movie. Cruise on Cruise. Same time as you, if not a little bit before you. All right. I have some more criticisms. Uh, Matt, first. did you have any of the guests? We keep cutting you off. Go uh, you call not him at all. Max. I, I think my that's. I, I think I did a lot. I just did. I call him Matt or Max. I'll take. I'll go with Unzi. I love you, Unzi. Great guy, you guys. No, I think I said my piece about the criticism for sure. All right, couple I got a things. bunch more. Uh, well, I'll just do a couple quick hear. ones. Uh, what What was bad then and has aged even worse is the locker room scene where the guy's penis is out, uh, <laughs> or she it's, falls. I it's beyond ridiculous. Uh, first of all, because that would never happen. Actually, that actually would never happen. There's like, there's women. It's it would be so rare that there's actually been like reporting from female reporters that were like, you know, when I was when I first got into the locker room in like 1992 as a female reporter, it's like. The, the language I would hear. But they was never like, dudes would walk around with their dick out. So it felt very sensationalistic just to be like, people don't really know what goes on in a locker room, so it, and they're not mm-hmm. going to know or something because it was like kind of pre-internet. Uh, it's stupid. And also, do you notice you see the guy's dong when he turns? No. There's no. a penis in Jerry Maguire. I looked so it hard for I paused it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, it's it. And then her falling just feels like the cheapest yeah, gag. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, she's falling, she has to pick up the microphone, she's dick level. It was just, that was like, I was just like, that's cheap, but whatever. So that's a, the criticism. Another criticism. Two very clunky scenes uh, that Cameron Crowe put in. And I know we talked about this movie, how it kind of nails the balance of, like, sweet and, and sort of, like, um, entertaining and compelling, but not too saccharine. There's two scenes that I was like, okay. One was in the elevator with the, uh, the hearing impaired me? person. You complete me. I wonder what he said. My favorite aunt is hearing impaired. He just said... You complete me. Just crowbarred in there. Oh yeah, my totally. god! Really crowbarred. No subtext. They overacted it, and even the way, like, like even when the, the elevator door opens and it's like, oh, here's our floor. No one gets off a fucking elevator like that. And then it's like he waves at Tom Cruise, like, good luck, buddy, or whatever the hell that was. 
Bad scene. And, then, and wait, and then she says, my sister was, like, Jen. my half-sister was deaf, so I understood like what they aunt. said. My favorite, my favorite aunt. aunt. Yeah, it's like, okay, And womp, then womp. totally tries to make Tom feel like he's a huge asshole when he's trying to make a light joke. It's like, no, I have a half-deaf aunt, okay? They're in love. <laughs> and it's like, I don't care if you are deaf. You don't just be that rude to make out beside someone unless it's 2 a.m. and you're heading up to your apartment and you're just oblivious. <laughs> yes. Next scene that uh, felt like very much in this realm is she drops Tom Cruise off at the airport and she's like, all right, have a good trip. And uh, he goes to leave. And then the camera then focuses on a dad hugging his like kid and then kissing his wife. And they have the sound up of that song like, that's the way it's going to be, little darling. I'm just like, what is this fucking hallmark? Are they really trying to hammer home that this is what Renee Zellweger needs in her life? Yes. That, that I, and and that scene kind of hit me, though. I, did it really? No, yeah. Dude, I oh. thought you were going to laugh. I wrote so heavy-handed. Because when the dad kisses the wife... It's like a really intense, like overly intense French kiss, and I thought Shane was gonna howl. Well, at first I was like, I was like, that woman's way too good for him. But then she kind of turned, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> at first I thought it was just like the the looks didn't line. Those up. were the standards. Way too intense a kiss. I was like, holy shit. That did remind me of something though that bothered me. Uh, air airport plane related. When she's in the plane yeah. and Tom's telling the story, how loud are they talking? Are you like, hearing? Yeah. She is Great like super point. ear. She's leaning in. And then I hate, they, they think this line is so cool when she, it's like, what's wrong, mommy? She's like, first class is what's wrong, honey. Used to be a better meal. Now it's a better life. Now it's a better life. <laughs> it's like, no, no. It was always a better life, first class. Always, okay? That line's not as cool as you think That's how it you is. get the seat. Yeah. Yeah. One of my life. biggest criticisms of this movie is that it's kind of overwritten. It's kind of like a talky 90s movie where there's like, you said that every line had its place earlier, and I was... I don't know if oh. every single line had its place. I feel like, like, I've, I've, the 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 elevator scene is a perfect example. I had that written down where it's like a better movie just kind of lets it hang. But she's like, my 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 aunt is deaf. Another one is in, in the sec. We didn't talk about the sex scene. The where he's fucking Kelly never stop fucking me. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Uh, but at the end of it, <laughs> thank you for your note. It, at the end of it, when she has the whole like monologue, don't have to about, be a Benson like, <laughs> member to know that. <laughs> well, she has like the monologue where she's like, "If you ever want me to be another woman," she's like, uh, "Yes, it felt normal for me, but it was a phase, a college thing, like torn Levi's or law school for you. Like it's just like human beings don't talk. No, like this. no, I disagree. I, I don't know. I it know was, I've met women like that that talk like that, that overshare, that think they're being funny. I get the overshare. It was just the. I get, maybe and by the way, when I say women, I mean people. Like I absolutely have met guys that do that too. I bought her character. I think she's that A-type personality that thinks like she's being kind of funny, she's oversharing, and you've seen you've seen dudes do this as well. But I buy that that Kelly Preston character was like that. The one thing I didn't buy was when she decides to assault him. Mm-hmm. Like, one punch to the face would have done. She did a three-fucking-move combo. Yeah, that was a little too far. It was slapstick. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. But anyway. I, but, did you, do you guys not believe the Kelly Preston character? Did you think she's I'm on board. Time? I bought her. I even bought the way she kicked I his ass. I had to know the character. Because right. I it's felt just, like she took some, like, one of those self-defense classes where they always do, like, a co- three-phase combo. <laughs> but he should defend himself. <laughs> no, but he can't. He's, like, just beat me up. He almost wants to be beaten That's up at true. that point. He's so low. Yeah. He just lost Kush. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, he yeah. could still take her if he wanted to, but he was just giving up. <laughs> I just had, a, I just yeah. had a one quick yeah. other weird scene. is just when they make out on the front porch. He, like, takes her shirt off. Great point. Front porch oh. And he starts sucking on wait, her Wait, wait, he goes down. Did he, did he eat her out? <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing down That's there? That's going in the show description. <laughs> the, the Shane imp- asks. The, no, it's a great point. The implication is that he's either like doing some booby work, but his head's completely out of the frame. Some booby work. <laughs> or he's gone down lower. He's and gone the, even further down. Yes. On the front porch. Yeah. He's down there for a while. 
Yeah, I want to cut away to someone like like a, a, a husband like across the street, like, honey, go to bed. Like <laughs> watching out the window. <laughs> just like seeing like someone who'd never made out before yeah. is like, oh yeah, this makes yeah. sense. Great I'm just point. gonna pull a shirt off right now. <laughs> Yeah, that my was my weird. my larger thing was as I, I've thought this about this movie for years, and I thought it again that this movie is a little too fucking long. That it's that it's two hours and forty minutes, and the I felt the last hour fucking cooks. It's two forty. It's no, it's, it's like, like two seventeen. Yeah, it's like two eighteen. Look it up. I even sent I you the thing. I just watched it last night. It's like two eighteen. Whatever yeah. the number is, it's, yeah. pretty, okay. it's pretty long for for. Uh, this. It's over yeah, two hours. Look it up. It's, it's over two hours. But go on. I do feel like I, I wish that first. Like, what if that first, like, hour or first, like, 70, 80 minutes was condensed down to, like, 40 minutes? It felt like there's a lot of... Two hours, 19 minutes. I said two Two hours, 20. Two hours and 20 minutes for this movie. And it didn't feel like it needed two hours and 20 minutes. It felt like there was a lot of runway, like, a lot of runway to get me to what eventually became the story, which is him marrying Dorothy and the whole, and that, and that disastrous relationship and what, and, and that whole last hour. And it just felt like it was it was just a weirdly structured movie. It's hard to like. It felt like there were great scenes, and we cu- talked about all those mm-hmm. scenes. And scenes, the scene is amazing, and the scene is amazing. But like all together, just felt weirdly disjointed. And it, and I kept like it didn't pull me all the way through. And it wasn't until that last hour, like okay, now Crow is kind of getting out of his own way, and he's not inserting mm-hmm. scenes and lines and people and things, and just letting the story breathe and letting the story happen. And 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 it, like I was kind of annoyed by that first half. I was just annoyed. I, I feel like if we did a streeter segment right now and told people uh, guess how long Jerry Maguire is, <laughs> a lot of people guess ninety minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's a true testament to how fast the movie flies. flies. It just it didn't. It I just, you, you even sent us a warning. You're like, guys, I, did I know I've you thought it forever. Is... I've, I've and I find I. And oh, I, was, I thought it was because I know you think Jeremy Maguire's short, but it's actually long because I thought you thought it flew. I didn't know you always felt this way. I felt the opposite. Hmm. I'm, I'm oh, warning okay. you, carve out two hours and 20 minutes that, that's normally reserved for like a big well, I strongly or, disagree with that. I oh, felt yeah. like it cooked. I never at mm, one point was know. like, oh, let's get to it. You know Me what I mean? Me too. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. You, <laughs> there's always one. In total total random uh, thought here. Do you think that they, and kind of your point too, do you think that if they didn't have the elevator scene, you completely would still work on the other end. Yes. Like, could they just taken that out? Did they, well, they didn't need to see well, that? I wish they didn't explain it. I wish they just watched the, the 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 sign language and just watch it and then let you sort of like put it together. No they, one would you put know that what together. You don't need to. But again, you don't need to. So you don't need. I think it, they could have like found a, a less clunky way to. If you yeah. wanted the callback, I just wouldn't have done it with a deaf couple in the elevator. Yeah. That's yeah, what I would say. I just wonder if you even right. needed a callback. Yeah, it, it felt too clunky. But no one. I bet you, you ask anybody, and they remember this famous iconic line, "You complete me." No one's gonna remember that it was a callback trailer in the film. I forgot. I until forgot they it did. And I went, "Oh, that was the trigger." I was like, "Yeah, I forgot it too." Yeah. I All guess right. that's why I felt it, it could hang. Uh, uh, I was talking to Sarah, my wife, this morning about this nitpick that I had, and I never got a good answer, is why didn't Rod Tidwell get a big contract? Like, why were they fighting for a big contract? There's a, there's a thing where he goes, he broke, he broke every receiving record you had last year. He broke every yeah, single receiving so are you telling? But see, that's not a sports Listen, thing. Glenn no, there's Fry, a lot of bad Glenn, Fry, guys. Glenn Fry from the Eagles summed it up perfectly. Who, all, all, by the way, plays the general manager of the Cardinals. Uh, did you guys know that? Yep. Does a damn that. good job too. He does a game. So that's Glenn Fry, fucking guy from the Eagles. Okay. As we know, Cameron Crowe toured with the Eagles, which inspired uh, uh, almost famous. Ends up putting his buddy in a movie years and years later. So hey, also passed away, uh, much like Chris Cornell, who Matt Unsworth disparaged <laughs> earlier from singles. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, he explained it. He goes, he goes, I want my receivers 
six five. He's like, I that's what it. we that's what we pay for. We don't. And so like when you're trying to establish a three year deal, it's like, no, I don't want to pay this guy that because I can get other Rod Tiddles in other places. I can find five foot nine receivers. But who broke every Arizona Cardinals uh, also pass the record? Like that's a big deal. That, that happens with NBA guys yes, all the time. It's a negotiation. They're, they're number one in college, and then it doesn't translate to the NBA where 100%. everyone's a freak. I don't know. I just feel like the skills were there. I feels like I see. I feels like it felt a little bit too much. Like here's a guy who's amazing, but just needs the right agent to make the right deal. Like it didn't. No, they, they made a good point of saying Rod Tidwell's oh, a they, shitty they, locker room guy. He's always like that happens yeah, in sports. I feel like all you the got time. a better deal. That's all I'm saying. Right. Is that a huge deal? It's not. A, it's a minor nitpick, but I just, I don't know. Feels like Tidwell could have gotten a better deal. Isaiah Thomas would say the same thing. It's like no one wants to pay from the NBA, not to get yep. too deep in the weeds. But he's like, people say I'm five nine, so it's like you can get a five nine point guard anywhere. He Someone broke said every he ab- Celtics passing record, like broke records. I'm not talking made the All Star. He was game. a rock star for that team. He averaged almost thirty points a game in the playoffs and, and they- played injured, and they fucking traded him. I'm just saying, there's a difference between being a very, very, very good. Like, if they, maybe they shouldn't have made it. Like, the I records. thought about the re- Isaiah I, I, all the time. Yeah, actually. there's so I many teams get over the fact that he broke every single record for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm like, that's I could have pictured Isaiah Thomas doing that for his I college. Guess. And it's not a huge deal. I'm just saying, a bug. Yeah, sure. Uh, one right. last nitpick for me was I didn't like how the movie kept making fun of jazz and Miles Davis, and I felt like that was the that was the as a big jazz guy. I like jazz, like I love Miles <laughs> I thought, Davis. Were they though? I felt like they were making the, fun of I the nanny. I, I was questioning tease. it too until while they're while he's playing it, Tom Cruise is like, "What is this music?" It's and they terrible start sex music. That's the joke. I, is the nanny has no idea what is a cool like music to give to somebody to make I'm love just saying, to. I'm wondering if this is an anti-jazz movie, and I think it's an anti-nanny movie to be honest. Two masters of freedom playing at a time before their art was corrupted by a zillion cocktail lounge performers, who destroyed the legacy of the only American art form, jazz. Yeah, they, they he was rough that guy over. That guy was great. Yeah. That name was, was hilarious. That yeah. guy was the comic, like, he was the comic was relief good. of the scene. I think that jazz is fine. But yeah, mm-hmm. Anyways, I didn't, I didn't know you were so sensitive about jazz. I love jazz. I love Miles Davis. And he's Mensa, jazz, kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, that's the first question yeah, on the Mets. It says, jazz. do you listen to jazz? <laughs> yes, you pass. Thanks for your hundred bucks. <laughs> the album Kind of Blue was playing Miles Davis when, when my, my child was being born. Really, it was a very big deal. For but us. did it do like? Did it do the pickup part? I've never listened to the album, but like the problem was that and the music went to like the. It's just not. It's not the right tempo that for wasn't, love yeah. making. No, it's not. You were probably listening to appropriate jazz. Yes. Was uh, it just on the radio, or did you turn Spotify. it on? Spotify. Uh, you put it on Spotify. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be like, like kind of relaxing. Yeah, weird and cool. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah. Bring the baby into the world, feeling nice and smooth. She came into the world during the song "Blue and Green." Wow. Very cool. Uh, now, uh, just saying, like Miles, I'm just saying. I have such a personal relationship. When it felt like the movie was making fun of Miles Davis, it kind of bugged me. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, that's all. Yeah, very, very tiny. It's not like it's a problem with the movie. I think it's time for us to move on to yeah, the verdict. I'll start. Uh, I hadn't watched this movie in maybe a decade, maybe a decade and a half. Definitely like mid 2000s, maybe. Uh, and. All the way through last night, it was a delight. I laughed out loud at multiple parts. Aside from the parts that I critiqued, I just thought overall the movie cooked. Performances were fucking top-notch. It held up 30 years later, whatever the hell it is. Uh, I would 100% recommend this movie to people. I think it is a great romantic slash comedy. Uh, uh, yeah, this stays on the pedestal for me 100%. Hasn't changed in all these years. I'll go next. Yeah, Shane was going to jump in. No, I was. I was going to say you go next because you're going to take it <laughs> off in some weird move. I don't know about a weird move, but I think I'm pulling kind of a Shane in that I think this movie is a very good movie. I enjoyed this movie. It's great. I just didn't think it was like 
amazing. Like it, was, it had annoyed me in places. It kind of did show its age. Uh, the, the structure did feel weird to me. There was, there was too many little things throughout that I was like, this is good. This is a very good, very watchable movie that had big, great moments, but I don't know if it's a pedestal movie. So I would say take it off the pedestal for... I feel like you say that, Shane, about a lot of these movies, and that's how I feel about this one. Wow. Sure. Okay. Good, not great. Wow. Let's go to our, uh, our guest. Uh, I would say keep it on for sure. It's everyone is at the top of their game in this movie. Renee's amazing. Regina King's amazing. Cruz is amazing. Cameron is amazing. He wrote it and directed it. It doesn't feel like it's two hours and 17 minutes. It feels like it's fully 90 minutes. You're entertained the whole time. Music. Yeah, I just say keep it on. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's going to be like one of those movies that I show my daughter when she's 14 and she'll be like, wow, they made movies better in the 90s than they do today. Yeah. Like, it's one of those, like, it's just great scene, great scene, great scene. It doesn't stop. There's not a, there's not a point in the movie where I'm like, this is a bad scene. This could have been lifted. I'm just in awe of how great the movie is, and I appreciate it now more than I ever did back then, and I fucking loved it back then. Totally. So I, this is like T2 and Jerry Maguire, two movies that still blow me away go. to this day. On the pedestal, then. Yeah. On the pedestal. One Descent. One Descent. But fair. Your criticisms, right. your criticisms were fair. Yeah. And your touchiness about jazz is noted. And again, it's a one descent while also agreeing it's a pretty I'm not saying like, what a terrible movie. I can't believe you guys. Don't Still pack, a great movie. Don't I just, I'm now. looking forward to I, I do not believe it's a pedestal Has movie, Pops ever like kept something on the pedestal that's questionable that you can think of? Has he what? Ever. Kept something on the pedestal that was questionable. Apparently Billy Madison. <laughs> oh, we're going <laughs> so to kept this Billy Madison. Woo! You take this off the pedestal. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on that. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, it's a different genre. I respect your uh, decision. Anyways. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to where we all agree. I feel like that hasn't happened. It has. T2 was the last one. T2 was a big one. I feel like that happened. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That's true. Spoilers for two quick spoilers for anyone who's this is their first episode listening. People cut that part out or beep it. Yeah. Ooh, I should be doing that more. Well, I guess we're closing the book on that one. That was a shitty book closing. Just slam it on the table. 